0: Hello, and welcome to Leviathan News. Today is May 17th, and we have a special guest on today. We have OX2D from JPEGDAO to here to talk about a story that we uh, discussed yesterday about the addition of uh, Milady Vaults. And we love the Miladies. so welcome, 2D. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, maybe you could run through what JPEGDAO is and what you guys have been releasing for your products over the past uh, few weeks.
1: Right. Um, so JPEG DAO is an NFT lending protocol. Um, it has a twist. It's based on the MakerDAO model, meaning that users can come to us, deposit blue-chip NFTs uh, or any of the supported collections that the DAO votes for, and then in exchange, they can mint a synthetic asset. And from there, they can <clears throat> they can either swap it to a... Uh, they're equivalent, so that means it's either a stable coin called PUSD or PEth, which is a synthetic ETH token. And um, from there, they can do whatever they want. But there is also a twist with it is that we're also one of the largest convex holders, meaning that we are um, voting on the pools that are used to, be, um, to swap the synthetic assets, and we can offer a very high yield on uh, ETH and PEth uh, right now. So the the current yield is thirty percent on native ETH, basically, um, API. So that's one of the things we do. We support many collections, uh, going from CryptoPunks to Azuki's, uh, um, Board Ape's, Other Deeds, uh, uh, Autoglyphs as well, and uh, a couple other art blocks collections, and. We've released and we've released basically uh, recently the Milady Vault. Um, so for the first time, Miladies can also earn yield on their Miladies uh, in ETH. And we also released the week before that um, peer-to-peer ape staking, meaning that users that have Bored the apes um, but don't have ape tokens, they can come on JPEG. They can earn yields uh, using what we call the Citadel, which is this. Um, Curve strategy in ETH, but at the same time they can also find peers to co-stake um, ApeCoin tokens and then profit from the ApeCoin staking program. So basically, a double whammy. Man, very cool. Offers zero fees on on the co-staking. <laughs> very
2: cool. I I think um, so. I've been a fan of JPEG for a long time now, and it's cool to see um, like this this kind of week coming together. Is two announcements really right? One is about onboarding of new collateral and like i would love to hear kind of your thoughts on how the DAO like approaches something like mladies and decides to add them into the fold and then secondly what you're doing is like adding completely new functionality that allows you know people to participate in the system that they literally couldn't before today with the eight point staking and so um do you have any like thoughts on um you know kind of how that changes the game and um you know, also what other system, crypto systems um, are ripe for that, for this kind of tool?
1: Um, So yeah, so about adding new collections, the way it works is, um, so we're a DAO, right? Uh, In the end, everything goes through voting um, and collections are suggested and proposed by the community members or by by the team uh, when we feel that's something that could be interesting, but usually the community comes first. They're the ones begging uh, for new vaults and, and new opportunities to earn the yield. Um, but there are a couple of things that are really important for us is, one, uh, the collection needs to have sufficient liquidity and volume, basically, in case of liquidation, um, because of the way the protocol is set up, basically, the one taking the risk is the DAO. So we don't want to end up with bad debt, contrary to pool lending protocols where it's the liquidity providers that are actually taking on the risk. So we need uh, proper liquidity. We also need to have the ability to uh, run a chain link oracle. So this is also really important. And we do this for all collections. Um, And then we also have the ability to set a ceiling for each of the vaults for every collection. So we always launch a collection with a low ceiling. And then we raise it as... um, the the vault gets filled, basically. And then at some point, what happens is that uh, because we're offering fixed um, interest rates for borrows, once the first vault is basically full and it has reached the max capacity that the DAO seems uh, good for this collection, then a new vault opens with a higher interest rate. So that means that basically early users always get rewarded because users can come in early, borrow at 5% interest rate on ETH, and then earn 30% on that ETH and basically just stay with us at all time.
2: Very cool. And and then um, do you have any other thoughts on like, what are opportunities to deploy this Apecoin staking functionality to other projects, or is that pretty unique to, you know, what Apecoin is doing?
1: So I think right now it's pretty unique to what Apecoin is doing because they they have built their system in a way that um, NFTs don't need to be stuck in a contract. So we've been looking at collections like mood boards and decodes, Um, But basically the moment a user, as far as I know, the moment a user unstakes from their contract, they lose the points and the rewards or part of the rewards that they would win. So that creates a bit of a catch 22 where we're a bit stuck and we can't really offer that for other collections, but we're definitely always looking and if there are such opportunities, then, yeah, definitely it's something that, that we will integrate if we can.
3: Can I ask you something uh, general, uh, Tuti? For yeah, sure. Uh, JPEGD so, uh, was so early on uh, part of uh, nft definitely the first uh, NFT-fi project uh, I learned about. Uh, over a year ago, I, I guess, with all kinds of uh, interesting stuff, uh, for sure. How do you see uh, like uh, t- today when there are at least a dozen more uh, nft uh, projects what really sets uh, in your mind uh, jpeg part? and uh, what's like your vi- how do you see your vision is different than uh, many of the others uh, within this uh, like uh, all uh, spectrum of nft uh, projects and like uh, where are you guys uh, truly headed in your opinion?
1: yeah i think like there's a couple of things the first one is um We are the only one offering the the protocol to peer lending. So we are the only ones that basically somehow we can scale in the same way that Maker has scaled because we don't depend on liquidity providers. So people can borrow and we mint more and it's as much risk as the DAO can take. So this is, I think, one of the pluses of this model. The other one is we're the only ones that allow people to offer yield without depleting the treasury. Uh, with their NFTs. So we're basically building on one of the foundation of DeFi, right, uh, which is Curve. So this is something else. And then th- lastly, um, we have a very healthy treasury and that treasury is not yet um, earning any yield, but it's something that, um, that could happen. Um, and then from there, basically we can keep on building for as long as the bear lasts. So one of the things I think that puts us in a very good position is we can just keep on going for a long while uh, before we run out of fun and run out of ideas. So we're actually pretty, I mean, I I feel blessed to be working in such a project because yeah, I don't see the end of it, sure. which is really nice. And we can just for keep sure. on And also at the end,
3: it. I will ask you about the JPEG cards. You know, if uh, what's, the ne- what's next for JPEG cards still waiting about that?
1: Well, so uh, JPEG cards, um, so we have a few things that are that make the protocol a bit uh, more of a game. Um, there are a couple of things that users can do, both with the JPEG token, which can be used to vote, but it can also be used to unlock uh, new credit limit, um, new loan-to-value ratios, or also um, trade boosts, uh, meaning that if you have a rare NFT, we actually value it at the... Like at a multiple above the floor, depending on the traits that uh, your NFT has. So this is, applies to punks, board apes, mute, uh, not yet mutants, um, and then azukis are next. And then new multipliers can be added uh, if the DAO votes for it. So this is um, this is one of the things. And then the the cards. They were an NFT collection that was released uh, slightly after the donation event, and. What uh, those cards do is um, the ones that have the cigarette attribute, they're actually pretty special. So there's 100 of them. And what they allow you to do is actually to um, give uh, you a 10% extra credit, lim- credit limit across uh, all your positions. So compared to the LTV boost that we have, which is per position and means that users need to lock JPEG per each position, this one actually lets you uh, get that extra boost across all your position. And that makes it really valuable, especially if you count that you are earning yield on your NFTs. It's something that just pays itself back, basically. But uh, no plans for the non-sig cards. Yeah. So I I don't know. The DAO can imagine something. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) Who knows? also had about a the uh, role
3: in airdrop, uh, back then like it was a very meaningful uh, airdrop uh, yeah the jpeg airdrop for the card holders i mean the card
1: stakers yeah 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 that was a yeah that was run for one month i forgot it seems like so long ago already
4: <laughs> what about like new projects like the llamas and ft's how could they get listed
1: um so like every project basically um they have to join the community I think they also have to mint out. I'm not sure if they have minted out yet. Um, and then we have to monitor the collection, see if the value of the collection stays uh, high enough and for long enough. If there is enough liquidity as well, and then the DAO can propose it, and it could be made into a reality and become a vault, which would be pretty, pretty interesting. I must say I missed the mint. So, mm-hmm.
0: and. How has the addition of other uh, NFT exchanges like Blur helped with your lending protocol? Is that just tightened liquidity up and helped with liquidations?
1: So I think it's on, on our case, the liquidations happen via auctions. So we don't dump them on Blur or anything. Um, and that's been working really well for now. Uh, also, I think I might add our users, they're actually pretty DeFi savvy. So they are all managing their collections pretty well, um, and as I said, they're also pretty sticky because they can earn this yield. Um, I think like the fact that blend added uh, blur, sorry, added uh, blend, I think is is really interesting because it's basically shown some light on NFT finance, and I think a lot of people are now looking at it in a different uh, in a different way. But I must say I'm. Um, I'm not really convinced in the value it brings to users, uh, the way they've set it up. I have, my personal feeling is that lenders can get wrecked and borrowers can get wrecked because you can wake up the next morning with a new borrow rate that can be through the roof, right? Which is something, for example, with us, yeah, you can keep on sleeping and you know you wake up, it's still going to be 5%. And
0: so what's next on the roadmap for JPEG?
1: Uh, what's next on the roadmap? So there are a couple of things that we're working on. Um, one that we're going to release today, which is a Telegram notification bot. So that means that you can track your positions uh, or track your favorite whales' positions on JPEG um, via Telegram. You get notification if the health is dropping too fast, if the f- which means if the floor of the collection is dropping too fast. Uh, If you get liquidated, but you have bought insurance, you also get a notification so you can uh, get your NFT back. Um, And if you have a boost expiring, you will also be receiving um, notifications the week before the boost is expiring. And as for what's next, we've got two uh, big projects that we're working on. One is an NFT perp. So that will give you the ability to long and short uh, NFT floors for selected collections as well. And also, we're working on adding uh, the pool landing model as well to JPEG.
0: Well, that sounds great. Uh, I I really like the aesthetic of the website. It's uh, (laughs) very, very in the scene. So uh, thank you for... yeah, thank you for coming. Wait, on. sorry, Sam. Before oh, you,
2: ahead. before mm-hmm. we pass, uh, move on. Tusi, can you just um, talk to us about where we can find JPEG on chain, and um, if you have plans to move to L2s?
1: So for sure, uh, JPEGs can be found on JPEG.io. Uh, we also have a Discord and a Medium and Twitter. Our Twitter is JPEG underscore um, sixty nine. About L2s. The door is definitely open. I think it's about also seeing if there are blue chip collections that actually start to exist on L2s, and then definitely that's something that could happen.
2: What about, um, sorry, I don't mean to continue to drag this out, yeah. but what about the like financialized uh, products? Like, For example, perps
1: on uh, mainnet sound very expensive. <laughs> well, the, there are like high chances that the NFT perp won't be on mainnet.
2: Very cool all right well we'll stick around and uh keep an eye on jpeg
1: thank you
0: that sounds very really good so moving on to some other news uh, we had the launch of DeFi protocol named hourglass which is uh, formerly pitch which has moved into uh, what i call the the time lock space by nfting or nft tokenization of locked positions uh so that if you enter into like a, a curve position or a Frax lock position, pretty much anybody that uses an, a VE position, uh, you're able to now tokenize that position and potentially sell it if you want to move out of it early and somebody else can take on that duration.
3: Nice, interesting. We should have uh, Charlie on uh, something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you're eager to see an interview with Charlie, we did one for uh, with Flywheel a couple of weeks back. Uh, where we talked about the the launch or the upcoming launch of Hourglass. So, congrats to them for finally getting that out. Uh, also in DeFi news, uh, Harvest has launched the the V three of their platform. So uh, Harvest is a uh, auto compounder, but what I uh, from what I remember, and uh, they've updated the UI. They've done a, a bunch of other stuff. They got a, a partnership with Wider Labs, and uh, some cool stuff so probably worth checking out and uh, then also yeah, it? uh, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's already launched now so
4: I think it's also on Arbitrum and Polygon so a few different chains
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's necessary today and uh, also in the news uh, Tether announced that they are going to use up to uh, 15% of their realized uh, revenues or sorry, realized profits to go out and buy Bitcoin to be able to better bolster, I guess, their portfolio against what they think is coming inflation.
4: Actually, it seems like big news.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me
3: the fact that uh, way back then, uh, Doc1 said that they're going to start purchasing some uh, Bitcoin uh, to back it up, and then stuff quickly uh, deteriorated.
0: Well, I, the thing about the Doquan stuff was that they did not have anything backing that uh, tear that they had. So, uh, Paul Andrino <coughs> had a big post out today uh, about like what company or excess reserves mean. Essentially, just is the the profits that are retained from their interest income. Uh, so right now they have about two point five billion dollars, and uh, they are going to continue to use their interest income that they have from their operating profits. Uh, to go out and buy Bitcoin.
4: Yeah, their most recent attestation report, which they issued for their Q1, was pretty funny uh, because in, in it, like they were basically bragging about how their Q1 was better than companies like BlackRock. And essentially, all they're doing, um, as far as we know, or as far as they're claiming, is they're just buying you know, Treasury bills, uh, Treasury assets with it. So, just the, the effect of the rising interest rates has really given Tether a windfall oh yeah which doesn't really make sense because like if they've been doing
2: this the whole time then they would be sitting on a bunch of treasuries and like as rates go up they get creamed so i like i don't know like there's look it all comes down to how much you trust tether right and like the reality is is they're the only ones that have weathered all the storms so um whatever and like personally i think that it's like not necessarily big news that they're starting to buy Bitcoin. I mean, the reality is, is that like from Tether's perspective, if something happens to Bitcoin, like they have existential problems with their own business, you know? So it doesn't really feel like taking on any additional risk, but like they believe in what we're doing here. And so like, why not have exposure to that upside?
0: Just based on their current circulating supply of Tether and how they would uh, potentially... Uh, use that cash uh, to buy treasuries. Uh, right now, they have 82 billion dollars in market cap. They probably have I don't know 60 to 70 billion dollars in short-term treasuries and a bit of cash on hand. Uh, so that means that they're probably making around I don't know 3.5 billion dollars a year in interest income right now. And if they're using 15 percent of that, uh, then You know, that's going to be uh, around $500 million of buy pressure that they can provide towards Bitcoin uh, using this strategy.
4: And Bitcoin is touching one month lows since the news. So it doesn't seem as if the market is reacting jubilantly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like that's not
2: $500 million in Bitcoin. is not a lot of money per year. Like that's negligible. So it shouldn't move the market. And I mean, I wish like if I were
4: them. I think it's more interesting from Tether's perspective, because, you know, of course, if we're in a bear market or things stay pukey, no big deal. Um, but, you know, say Bitcoin does hit 100K, like it could become a pretty sizable investment for them. No, yeah. I mean, and if anyone's like
2: positioned to take on like Michael Saylor for like corporate king of Bitcoin, it's Tether.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, How it's... come none of them is buying ETHO, to be honest? Like, how, how how come no big entity like that is yet to start loading up on uh, Ether? Seems more reasonable to me. Like,
2: that. I I think it's more likely. It's just that we don't, that we, <laughs> I think it's just more likely that um, Ether, like Bitcoin attracts like a very loud and very like ego-based personality. And like Michael Saylor's perfect, you know? And I think that like he wouldn't necessarily like fit in with ETH. Uh, the youth culture and maybe like that's why we don't see the same kind of like stories come out and you know we have our own like shit going on I don't know but I don't know I promise in you big big institutions that, yeah. are buying ETH I promise you that though
4: Everybody
3: yeah, is. yeah someone will we'll start hearing about it sooner rather than later uh, in my opinion because uh, obviously like if we're here just you know regular folks and we see it How long can it still uh, be hidden from uh, people with like uh, actual uh, huge amounts of money?
0: Yeah, so just to wrap up with one last story that we were talking about yesterday, uh, there's been a lot of discourse on the ledger situation and the news that they had yesterday about their ledger recover. And while we talked about it yesterday, there was some more insight that was posted to Lobsters by a user called uh, Amir Admi, Uh, who has been, said he researched this situation quite a bit. And Garrett, if you could go to uh, the group so we can read the rest of the thread. Or I'll I'll link it to your, uh, actually we'll need to go because it's quite a long thread. Uh, But essentially, uh, Amir goes through and he says that, you know, Ledger uses this standard called BIP32, uh, which generates seed phrases uh, on people's hardware wallets, right? And uh, this allows people to generate their keys, uh, has a lot of entropy, so it's really hard to reproduce the, the same uh, seed twice. Uh, the problem is is that uh, Trezor, who's run by Satoshi Labs, introduced a newer standard called BIP39, uh, which allows for Shamir's secret sharing, which is the uh, process that we talked about yesterday where you can split your keys up into multiple parts uh, and then share them with different people. And then when you combine those keys again, uh, you're able to uh, recreate your uh, C phrase. So uh, Ledger had been, uh, Amir says that Ledger had been getting a lot of um, comments about like, why hadn't they integrated BIP 39? And really the issue is that like BIP 32 is not upgradable to 39. It, you just cannot use the, it's a different derivation path. You're not going to get the same set of wallets. It's it's just harder to use. So that that left him, he said, with two issues, right? The first one is that they could just redo their entire derivation paths, force everybody to generate new seeds. uh, But that kind of screws everybody over who already has the wallet already. It's not really that good of a situation. Uh, The second one is to uh, go out and and just add a second uh, kind of use of BIP 39. So where you have BIP 32 on device, but then you also have a way to create BIP 39 version uh, with the original seeds. Uh, so that it can be used for Samir secret secret sharing, and this is kind of what they did with the uh, uh, with Ledger Recover. So they they have your device, you sign up, you create your seeds, but it also now creates uh, when you opt in a, a Samir secret or BIP thirty nine uh, key that can be split up, and then they send it off to three entities, which is uh, Ledger Coin Cover, and then I believe the third one was called. Um, uh, like something escrow. And uh, that was, I mean, for like normies who don't have a lot of money, it's probably a, a decent thing, but they kind of screwed up on the PR front where they just announced this. A lot of people are very distrustful of ledger already because of the hacks and, uh, they just screwed up on every level. So, uh, his, 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 like kind of endpoints that he came to at the end was like, if you don't if you don't opt in, there's no bip39 backup of your seed. It just doesn't exist. So there's like nothing that can be stolen. Uh, if you do sign up, uh, every single interaction uh, requires your PIN, and without your PIN, you can't put back together the three pieces. Um, and so when Ledger takes your new bip39 uh, seed generator or seed generation and then sends it off to the three entities, uh, they obviously could put it back together, but they can only uh, uh, like try to put it back together. Once you have your pen, they get three tries just like you do. uh, And then the whole thing is bricked. Um, And yeah, so there's a couple more things about it. I mean, I I know I saw some other people doing some security analysis, like actually breaking over, breaking open the ledgers and trying to understand the secure enclave a bit more, but uh, honestly they need to read like, look at their PR strategy again and, and listen to the community and come back and probably maybe release a new device that just has this, uh, or kind of put this on the back shelf uh, going forward.
2: I mean, I just think that this is like a reflection, like a reminder that like most people in this space don't really understand the cryptography going on here. (laughs) Like, and like, yeah i mean of course at the end of the day like the responsibility to communicate your ideas is on ledger but like the reason that they messed up so bad in my opinion is because like this is not really a controversial thing and it's like an opt-in thing if you understand if you understand the cryptography like you under like wait like there's just so much misinformation and just like people running wild like for example what you just said is that if you if, if like these other companies try to use your pin more than three times, it deletes it forever. Like that's not, how, uh, it can't, I, I... It, that's not how it works, you know? Like, and I just, I think that like at the end of the day, like this is going to cost Ledger a shit ton of customers, yeah. just like the hack did. And, um, we're all going to go to like Trezor, which is having its own like little like meltdown too. And I just like at the end of the day, um, like it's just it's sad that this institution that like we believe to hold our private keys is like receiving this flack fairly or not, which I think is unfairly, but as like a user, it's a scary time to be in this industry once again.
0: So I think the issue is like the three com- so I, I have my own issues, right? So two of the three companies that are being used to store the keys, uh are US based companies or like within Five Eyes, right? Which is like US, UK, New Zealand whatever. So uh, potentially uh, U.S. law enforcement or a group of Five Eyes law enforcement could force these companies to turn over all of the keys to the government, right? Uh, additionally, they're also collecting all the data on the devices. Uh, if you use your like Ledger wallet as well too, like the actual official software, they're also collecting all that data as well too. And once they have your KYC information, it now becomes trivial to, to pair the That's wallet. That's
2: always been the case with them.
0: No, it's I I don't think so.
2: What do you mean? Like like Wait. they definitely have my KYC information when I bought my stuff on their website and they definitely know which device is mine based on my like use of Ledger Live.
0: Well you don't have to use Ledger Live.
2: Yeah, but you don't after this either.
0: No, I but I mean like it's 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 just the there's a lot of information. I think that I think the, the security assumptions go from you know, here's a device. You have your own keys to like. Here's a device. Now somebody else with your passport or uh, could you know generate a. But well, only
2: if you opt in.
0: Yes, only if you opt in. So like
2: uh, that's a feature that is like a service that some people might like want, and like the community's reaction shouldn't be like, "Fuck you, you assholes for making like a paid service that we don't have to use."
0: I, again, I think it just comes back to the, like what you buy a hardware wallet thinking about it versus what's actually being delivered in the code. Yeah.
2: And so I think my takeaway from all of this is we need to learn more about the cryptography that's underlying like the things that we're doing and not your keys, not your crypto is like part of that is understanding what keys are and like Mm -hmm. how, what the distinction is and like, and all of this stuff. And so look, I'm not, no, not financial advice, not private keys advice, not whatever, but like let's just be like a little bit more sober in the way that we like go after Ledger for like creating a a feature of convenience that a lot of people want.
0: Well, if you are interested in uh securing your keys, uh we did post yesterday an article by Officer CIA who is a friend of the show and uh, does post some stuff uh in in leviathan sometimes he has a wonderful Substack article about the only ways uh, the only safe way to store crypto which is very 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 comprehensive about like all the different ways that you can store your your keys uh some of the issues with all of them what cold wallets are what hot hot wallets are um and then you know talking about just different ways that you can you can protect yourself so uh this is definitely a, a a article that you should look at he's Sourced everything very well. He's linked everything very well, uh, and I don't think that you're going to find a better way to uh, to figure out your own way of storing keys uh, other than this this guide. So um, it's well worth the well worth the read.
3: Can we address uh, for a second uh, some of the comments uh, on the chat? I think it's kind of interesting. Ryan C says, uh, "Why not just launch a new product that does that instead of compromising all of our ledgers?" Like, uh, is the truth uh, in that uh, from what you guys uh, know? Like, is it, 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 the simple fact that they're launching it uh, on the existing product instead of launching a new one, is that causing some kind of po- compromise that puts us, the like the old uh, users with the old uh, ledgers, uh, in, in a position in which we should either uh, like, uh, you know, we should actively do something in order to protect something that in the uh, at the moment we should not uh, be thinking about uh, protecting? do you know what, do, you, do you get what i'm saying
0: i think it just becomes a lot of double work after that like you have the same device but now you have two firmware uh, like
2: uh, i mean at the end of the day it's like can you upgrade the firmware or can you not and if you can then like you're like what what they did now is a special upgrade that says like okay we're never going to allow the private key to leave but we are going to allow this new set of mathematical transformation that is called um Shamir Fiat like right. key splitting right and so in the future there's like no, if you can upgrade the firmware there's no reason they can't just send it out in plain text to Twitter or you know like that well, that's no, just
0: the, that's not the case i mean so the, the the secure enclave that they're using is the same thing that you use with your like credit cards right so like this chip here this little chip yeah. here that's also a secure enclave as well too and so, like all of your private data is kept within that, and there's uh, it's a special piece of hardware where uh, that in, yes, in this case, uh, the firmware can be upgraded. There's also some other um, like internal uh, services which uh, can also be upgraded around, but the the keys should stay within that secure enclave, and that's why the Ledger device is a closed source product. And I think this is one of the issues which was brought up about the the Ledger upgrade is that. Like unlike unlike the Trezor system, which is fully open source and pushes a lot of that encryption and computation into the um, the MPU, with the ledger you're essentially going on the promises of the ledger and their use of this secure enclave technology uh, to say that oh it it is safe it is uh, you know not letting your keys out uh, and you know you really just have to trust the company on that because they they've not open sourced the software and there's parts of the hardware, which are not open source as well, too. Yeah,
2: Yeah, no, all, all I'm saying is that if you can get, if you use, if you can add three way splitting of the key, you can add one way splitting of the key or just send the three different things to a single unit, right? The point is, is that if you can, it's just like smart contracts. If you can upgrade like the code, then you're not like secure in perpetuity
0: yeah so i i think there will be some there there is already fallout from this and you know like you can look at the recommendations also on officer cia's blog about about which uh the different variations of hardware wallets that you can use and what some of the other options are so i don't know about what you guys use like Trezor. i mean i use a ledger you use ledger (laughs) Uh, so I, I use a grid plus, I like it a lot. I think a lot of other people like grid pluses as well too. Um, but it is big and bulky. Uh, treasures are great as well too. Um, and, but there's also like other air gapped wallets as well. I've seen some new ones, which look pretty cool and have some great functionality. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of variations out there. If you're worried about the ledger issue, um, you know, it's, it's quite easy to to switch. So.
3: Yeah, but also if you have addresses that uh, has like locked position, I'm not sure it's that easy to switch. Like for example, if I have uh, like, uh, if you're a VCRV holder and your stuff is uh, held onto a specific account uh, for years to go, then uh, what happens on that case? You know, you still have to, you still have to, even if you do open a new account uh, with a new wallet, uh, you should always uh, like uh, know that uh, once that uh, position is uh, uh, liquid again, have to do it exactly on time, or look it. It's not that simple. But uh, again, we're a young, we're a very young industry, and uh, all this kind of stuff uh, comes with the with the great opportunity comes all these uh, all these uh, stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that I think again, like a lot of people in the industry are just kind of freaked out in general by anybody yeah. knowing any information about them. I mean, like there's been many instances of people getting wrench attacked or kidnapped. And just, just on data leaks alone, right? I mean, I, I saw yesterday this story about this, uh, I believe he's like Swedish or, um, I believe it's Swedish. So somewhere somewhere in the Nordic area, you have to publish your, they make all the tax returns of everyone public. And that's great. It may lead to good transparency. But if you're holding a lot of crypto, uh, you immediately get put on, on blast, right? And so he had actually been kidnapped and he's still kidnapped uh, and they're looking for him because... The uh, attackers saw that he had, I don't know, several million dollars, tens of millions of dollars of crypto that he claimed taxes on last year. Uh, and they just came to his house and, uh, you know, took him. So um, some scary stuff. Most people in crypto want to stay anonymous and, and don't want to actually, like, share this type of information. So
2: Yeah, and when we're talking about private keys, this isn't even a wrench attack issue. This is like you're... Your keys, your the, yeah. your keys are your crypto. So,
0: <laughs> well, uh, I think that's a good place to wrap up on. We went uh, a little bit long today, but thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, today is May seventeenth, and we are Leviathan News. Tootie, thanks so much for uh, joining the show today. We really like had you on. And uh, thanks for having me. You. Yeah, uh, you can see all, all of our Twitter feeds here. You can find us at Leviathan News pretty much everywhere. Make sure to subscribe and like and follow us and share us around. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. And actually, we have another uh, interview that we're doing later today. Uh, Garrett or Rex, do you want to talk about that?
4: Yeah, yeah. so there's uh, a great uh, Twitter account that I've been following for a bit called Back the Bunny. Uh, back the Bunny has done some very entertaining threads on a number of different topics, also runs their own, uh, I believe, perpetual protocol. Uh, They did a good thread on Malay culture. So we thought, given that it was in the news, it'd be a great time to have him on to talk about just sort of anything. Rex, anything you want to add? No, um,
2: I, as you can tell, I'm in a hotel right now and will be (laughs) traveling at the time. So I will miss you guys. But um, I do think it's worth um, just like understanding what's going on in the Malay, this Malay moment right now. So thank you so much, Tutti, and uh, looking forward to catching up on the interview.
0: Well, milady, 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 milady. See you guys tomorrow. And don't get
2: JPEGs <laughs> and JPEGs. May, may the milady bless you. Yes, may
0: the milady bless <laughs> you. <laughs> All right, bye guys.